0: What's going on at NAFTA and the AVMA? How should membership led organizations such as AVMA and NAFTA respond when members demand change? And how can you make sure your voice is heard this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder? Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And we always try to live up to that motto of tackling tough topics. And this week, we're going to tackle some of the controversy that's been surrounding the recent NAFTA nominations and really, I guess, their entire process of how they elect officers. But before we get into that very interesting and somewhat controversial topic, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward.
1: And I'm registered veterinary
0: technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, who better to talk about this controversy than someone right in the thick of it? And that would be you, Becky Mosser, RVT, (laughs) running for NAFTA president. Please, for those of the Viewfinder family that have been under a rock during the holidays, which I totally get it, guys, uh, tell us what's going on because it's been all over my news feeds, at least.
1: Well, so I'm really excited and proud to be on the ballot as president-elect for this upcoming nomination with NAFTA. But it has, and I, and I think it's important to talk about, drummed up a lot of conversation and controversy. And so what I want to boil that down to is opportunity for us to talk about um, how membership-driven organizations work, to kind of explore this connection between membership driven organizations that are also kind of the representative of the profession as a whole and where that balance comes, because I think that's sort of what we've run into with this controversy that we've heard, which just really stems around who ended up on the ballot and how.
0: For the past couple of years, many of you find family knows I've been leading efforts to try to get the AVMA to reclassify ventilation shutdown, which is basically using heat stroke to kill pigs and chickens and so forth. And it's been in the news all over. And I want to bring you guys up to date on the latest non-movement of that issue too. So Becky, I mean, it seems like we're both dealing with membership led organizations right these are organizations that we are the members of and they represent our needs and interests and we influence what they do and both of us seem to to be running into some challenges with that
1: i'm we're not fighting we're holding these member driven right. organizations accountable and we're talking about how they represent the voices of the membership and we've had several of the past presidents on in the yeah, past of yeah, both yeah. organizations I feel like we've always tried to give voices to both sides. Sure. What we ended up with here and the controversy here, I think is such a great example right now because I like, I'm not running into any challenges. I am very excited. I was able to go onto the ballot, but there was a 20 other people who didn't end up on the ballot and it created a lot of controversy and a lot of upset. And I'm excited to be a voice for change. I think NAFTA knows where I stand because like you and I have both been very open a lot of people are accusing NAFTA of not wanting anybody who wants change to end up on the board. And I think that's the first myth to squash to say, I think anybody who works with NAFTA knows I have fallen on both sides because you're not always right. You're not always wrong. Right. Um, And I am willing to speak my voice. However, some of the more outspoken folks didn't end up on the ballot and they feel targeted because of that. And at the same time, NAFTA had a bylaws change for 2022, and the way the bylaws were changed gave NAFTA a lot of autonomy over who ended up on the ballot, and that autonomy feels like it was taken from the members and given to the nominating committee. NAFTA was fully within their bylaws when they did this, but it has caused an uproar, and this is where A lot of challenges have come. And I want to give the voice to NAFTA to say they were within their bylaws in an opportunity to speak a lot of what we've heard about the frustrations. And I think in the long term, we'll have an opportunity to talk to the individuals who didn't make the ballot who feel really frustrated.
0: Right. And and similar to what Becky encountered with NAFTA, and there have been some changes in bylaws. What happened over at AVMA with the ventilation shutdown? And again, guys, if you're more interested in learning about ventilation shutdown, just go to an organization called Veterinarians Against Ventilation Shutdown. It's VAVSD.org. That's VAVSD.org. And uh, what happened with us, Becky, is so we filed a petition, and I think it was in the end of 2020 for the 2021 uh, House of Delegates meeting. And we had a lot of controversy. First, they claimed it was too late. And then they said, well, it was OK. And then they we went through a big rigmarole and got delayed six months. And then we submitted the petition and they said, oh, we just don't have enough information. You'll have to do it again. So meanwhile, they changed the bylaws. And and historically, since the inception of the AVMA, what was required to bring a petition before the House of Delegates to be heard. And again, it doesn't change the law or any regulations or any rules of AVMA. It's just, hey, we want to be heard. We, We want to bring this up. You had to have 50 member signatures, right? So you had to have 50 good standing AVMA members sign the petition and say, hey, we guys think you should hear about this. Well, after the 2021, they decided to change that. Again, it's never been changed before in the history of AVMA. And they required 200 signatories, right? So that's a bigger, that's a much bigger leap oh, yeah. to get up. Well, of course, we, we <laughs> did it again. We had 278 signatories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we submitted again. And then there was a bureaucratic thing where they said, oh, uh, you know, same thing like you. They, they went to a committee and they said, oh, we're not going to bring this to the House of Delegates, which again, we're like, wait, what? it doesn't say that where's that in the bylaws and it was a change that allowed them to interpret a rule differently saying hey actually this committee that can can determine who what petitions are said or heard are actually you know we can say yes or no which again like like you said you know it probably is good intent you know, sometimes when you're on the other side of a of a ruling like this, Becky, it feels like, oh, it's it's um it's against me, or I'm you know they're they're trying to stop change. But the reality is like I I still support the democratic process even when I'm on the losing end of it. Lesson to half the world out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, so I I'm working the system to continue to this day. But Becky, go back to this thing about how did. Like, you mentioned that 20 people or so didn't get to be nominated. So explain to me how that happened or what what was the rationale?
1: Well, so I guess that's the upset right now is we don't know the rationale. And my guess would be they weren't qualified. For the, for the majority of the 20 individuals, I would guess they were not qualified. Um, what happens when an individual is qualified and then doesn't end up on the ballot is not as I'm understood, as I understand it right now, disclosed. And I think that's some of the transparency that people feel frustrated about. Right. Um, interestingly, the bylaw change was a sweeping bylaw change. And so I'm interested in how the bylaw changes that happened with AVMA went for you guys. In this case with NAFTA, the bylaw changes were an all or nothing. So you couldn't vote on one change versus another. It was, I agree with the changes or I do not. NAFTA reports, I believe, 91% approval rating on the votes for the bylaw changes. So they said 91% of those who voted for the bylaw changes voted in favor of these changes and felt supported by their membership. Now, this is similar to what we saw with the V&I, right? right. NAFTA says, hey, we saw support. And I think this is the part where we see the same people being involved, who, the people who do the work and come up with these ideas being involved, be in supporting these changes because, as you said, they have the good intent. They understand the thought process behind them. How did this work for AVMA? How did those changes happen and what did the approval ratings look like?
0: Yeah, that's a great question and I can't answer it. I would say, though, I I agree with you that it's a bit of an echo chamber mentality because basically at the AVMA, at least uh, as as I understand this particular issue that we've been fighting now for, for over two years the the issue was a small group of people who had a an opposing position on this issue of a ventilation shutdown, death by heat stroke um they decided to use the bureaucracy to their advantage and again, when you're on the inside of the echo chamber, it's a lot easier to be heard as opposed to the outside, which is kind of isolated. and so I think that's that's really where we got frustrated. It's like, okay, so how do we change this like you know and and again, I think Becky, what where I would be frustrated on your issue is if I, like for us, we did all of the things that they told us to do. You have to do step one, two, and three. And oh, and then they changed the rules and say, well, now you have to do step one, two, three, four, five. We did all of those things and they still denied it. And that where that's where it felt a little unfair and justice wasn't served. But on your side, again, I think the people that were, I guess, qualified by the bylaws, the recent change in bylaws, those are the people who then were denied. Like Those are the people who I think are speaking out. I know there's a couple of very loud voices. Were those people, did they meet all of the requirements as far as you know?
1: As far as I know, right? So because I did in the beginning, um, I I planned to run an election with Steven Stall, Liz Houston, Ryan Frazier, and myself, and not in any kind of like I don't know, just in a way of being like, hey, we have a lot of the same beliefs about utilization and title protection. And can we, since since that's major issues with NAFTA right now, um, is that something that as, as unified individuals, you know, we could see benefit coming to the board um, with these thought processes? And, and could we campaign in a way that we could bring strength in numbers together? And unfortunately, I'm not running with them. Um, Ryan Frazier is on the ballot for member at large. He is a current member. um, But unfortunately, Stephen and Liz were not put on the ballot and there's not um, an explanation as to why. And I don't think the nominating committee is by the bylaws required in any way to provide that. But I think that's where membership is feeling a lack of transparency and frustration. Um, And it's 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 a sticky spot because they're not required to. But people want to hear it,
0: right? And again, getting back to just comparing what we've dealt with, the original uh, petition that we did for the AVMA was we had over fifteen hundred signatories that were AVMA members, right? So they gave us their number, blah blah blah. And of course, this last time to do, I mean, you know, we've asked these people now to. to fill out a petition for different occasions. I think we're getting fatigue from petitions, but, you know, but so the the, the reality is Becky, you know, that's where I think this transparency issue becomes so important because, you know, here we are, we're telling you guys, if you want to make change, you got to be involved. Right. And so now you're getting involved and still change doesn't happen. And that's, that's also part of the process.
1: So this is where the, I think the apathy comes in and this is where we're in like big trouble now. One thing I think is really interesting when we look at AVMA, you have like a, a huge percentage of veterinarians that are members of AVMA, like by default because right. of they the, have to be. Well, because right? of
0: the, the insurance, the liability. People right. people are AVMA members by and large because they're, they fear losing the liability insurance, which guys, you can get it in lots of places, just as good, if not better. But anyway, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> no, but I think it's an important point because unfortunately what we see with NAFTA is a tiny, I mean- I don't have current membership numbers, but I know when I was working with the board, it's, it's just such a small like less than 20 percent of technicians who are credentialed and qualified to be voting members of NAFTA are not. and, and we have just such small numbers. Now, AVMA has those numbers kind of de- by default. NAFTA doesn't have a, a benefit for technicians like that that re- that quote unquote requires them right to right. be members. And so now we have the why should I be a member? And so on the AVMA side, it's like, well, even if I don't support the AVMA, even if I don't um, agree with them, even if I'm not really super active, my membership pretty much has to stand. Right. NAFTA. There's a lot of individuals who believe you have to be a NAFTA member to to maintain your VTS. It's not true. It's highly recommended, but not required. Right. So, um, a lot of people are NAFTA members because of their VTS. A lot of people are NAFTA members because of the tradition and the understanding of the need, but when they don't feel their voices heard, there is not a default reason for them to maintain their membership. And this is the problem for NAFTA, in my opinion, because you have a bunch of non-members screaming at you. And I I basically say, like, if I was at a clinic and you got on my social media and said, I hate this clinic, I'd never go there. They're the worst clinic in town. Like, I'm not going to put a whole lot of effort into that individual. Like I'm not going to go out of my way to convince them. Right. Right. I'm going to support the people who are sitting in my lobby. Right. And this is the problem with folks who are like, I'm not a member because of this. Now uh, 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 there's a whole sidearm of problems here. Right. Technicians don't make enough money. Even $50 feels like a lot. Their employers should be paying for it and don't, So they end up not being members, but also not feeling represented and not feeling like NAFTA supports their voice. And it is this like toxic cycle where I want to take this opportunity. The main reason you and I talked about having this opportunity is to say, like, again, I said, you know, if you're not in the ring, you don't get to throw the punches. And they are certainly not going to land on me. So NAFTA does not have a responsibility as a membership driven organization to represent voices that are not members. So like, um, like Mark said, Mark Romanoski has been on the show before said, I can't yell from the backside door. Right. So if you are upset about it, you've got to be a member and and you have to have your voice heard and that's how it works. But AVMA, you're, you know, they, they default have this membership. So people are proxy, you know, uh, they may be involved adjacent with NAFTA. We don't even get to get to those members. What are, what can we do? Like how, how do these membership driven organizations represent a profession that may or may not be, you know, it it is, they are the technician association, but they are there to work for their members. And I, and I don't know how to fix this and bridge this. And it's, it's obviously going to be one of my biggest concerns going forward is people are threatening to leave NAFTA membership left and right. And I think that the apathy is not the answer. And I think NAFTA is like, hey, our membership approves. We had 91%. We're doing the thing our members want us to do. And we're moving forward and making change. And now everybody's mad. And I think everybody kind of has to pause, take a break and like have a conversation about this. It's going to be an important time for our membership organization going forward.
0: Yeah. And, and again, on the flip side of that, you know, where I worry with the AVMA is the fact that, okay, we have a large percentage that our members, a checkbox and a check has been mailed, so to speak, but they're not engaged. They're not even aware. In fact, what what we found shocking, what I personally found shocking was the fact that when I was talking about this early days of the ventilation shutdown, and look, guys, I've been involved, you know, I was on the telemedicine com- uh, com- uh, committee and all that stuff. So, I mean, so I'm, I, I try to work with AVMA. I mean, like I, I believe in organizations, right? But- but I was shocked at the number of vets that would tell tell me one of two responses. One, they would be like, I don't care AVMA. I don't know what the AVMA does anyway, right? So they're, as yeah. you mentioned, they're apathetic. They're like, I, you know, look, I'm in it, if I get my insurance through them, you know, if I ever have a liability issues, I want to make sure that the AVMA is taken care of it, or whatever, which the AVMA is not taking care of it. It's actually an insurance provider that's taken care of it that is paid. gets paid. (laughs) But regardless, and then the other response would be uh, along the lines of, well, I don't know how to to make change, you know? And so these people genuinely felt like they wanted to be heard, but they didn't even know what the process. And then, you know, we're like, well, we do this petition and we do this and we do that. And suddenly you're like, wait, the bureaucracy is overwhelming. Right. And so I think that's another element that if you are fortunate enough to be elected president is you want to make sure I think that there's two important things that membership-led organizations should do. Number one, they should listen. And I think that right now, you know, largely your 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 leadership, just like AVMA, really doesn't seem to be interested in listening to us. There are so many ways they could be holding virtual town halls. I mean, I have called on so many of these AVMA presidents over the years to do these town hall type of things. They never do it. Okay, we know that it just it's they they fear it'll d- just devolve into a shouting match. So number one, you've got to listen, Becky.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I will I just want to say to be fair, when we talk about the bylaw changes, I think this is the part of the frustration of NAFTA because they did a live Zoom where members could come and ask questions of the executive director. They put out multiple emails and information type things. There was a lot of communication around it. And I see a lot of members who were like, I didn't even know about it. I didn't know. How did how could we have known? And there was plenty of opportunity to know. So And I have also seen where these town hall things happen and then it's everyone's on mute, right? Because you can't everyone just like chipping in. Um, they, they don't want to take live questions because of time management. And then that looks like a lack of transparency.
0: Right. Oh, I'm, I, so, I know. I'm not how saying do it's, we, e- how do we bridge well, it? Well, if I were you, if you were, if I were an elected official and look, when I even ran for political office, like I'm still frustrated to this day, the guy that has been the state Senate in our area, Becky, to this day, and he has been elected now since 2012, I think, or is it 2010? Yeah, he has been never been. once had a town hall, any public hearing, anything at all. Like, I mean, it's just, it's outrageous to me. So if I were you, if you were elected, then, you know, you're out there a lot visible every time you're at a conference. Why not just say, hey guys, I'm going to be at the New York Vet Show and you know what? I'm gonna be available if anybody wants to join me down at uh, Starbucks Coffee on 42nd or whatever, you know, or wherever you can meet them, and just offer to to be a, a a listening post, you know, so to speak. The other thing, Becky, that I think you have to do is be more visible. Okay, so we talked about listening to membership needs and demands, but you've also got to show what you're doing constantly. And and I, I it goes right back to that one dilemma of well, we are telling them, we are doing this, and we're posting whatever, you know, Becky, I I get it, and it's the same thing with. The U.S. government and your state government—it's just like you have to constantly—you have to barrage <laughs> with, you know, like yeah. we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. Oh, and it's the same thing over and over again. But you know, you've really got to be visible so that membership can then say, "Okay, I get what they do." And that, of course, when they see things that that you're doing that they don't agree with, again, gets back to point number one. You're now listening. So if you create this system, I do believe, you know, and it's kind of funny. Like I, I remember during the election campaigns. I was talking a lot to, to older generation of, uh, of politicians. And look, every generation has got crappy stuff going on. But I did find it interesting how when, when the population of our area was smaller, Becky, how much more the politicians knew the local you know, constituency, like they really knew them, you know, yeah. and, I, and I think that that's also the more distance that you get, the more removed that you get, the more people don't feel comfortable with that. You will listen to them and take action. And they also don't know what you're doing. So I think those are two really important elements that I hope for NAFTA and for AVMA, because, you know, right now, I mean, I, I feel like we're both we both have huge uh, progress that we need to make.
1: I mean, I'm sitting over here thinking about Hampton County, South Carolina, and I'm thinking maybe it's not the best <laughs> thing to know everybody in town. If you follow the Murdoch murders, you understand. So it's, it's, I don't know. I I think that there is your, your, first of all, you're absolutely right about the visibility. I have a lot of really ideas. And I think that that's the most important part. The other thing I've heard is people who want to try to get involved, feel like they can't get involved. Um, and then on the other side, yeah. And then on the other side, what you hear is we can't get anyone involved. So it's a very interesting. I think I have a great opportunity to hear both sides, and I think you're right. I think you have to be really visible and willing to hear what's wrong with what right. you're doing. Right. And I think that is is an is a strength in leadership is to say, but at the same time, if you want to be heard, you still got to be nice. I mean, there's been a lot. Yeah, right. for <laughs> it's sure. been a long sure. week, a long couple of weeks on social media for everybody, and I feel like right now none of us want to open Facebook, and I just have to take a breath and steady myself because. The thing is, is you still have to come at it, whether you're a member or not. You still have to be kind. You still have to be um, respectful if you can be, especially if you're talking to me, because at this point I haven't done anything wrong. Right. Um, But I want to hear the people who feel unheard, I think, is the, is one of the most important pieces. Um, and I'm excited to kind of hear from everybody. You know, my hopes is if I get an opportunity to be president is to really just sit down and hear from everybody who's currently on the board and the committees and know more about how they feel, what works and what doesn't work, and to talk to people who aren't members and to find out why, um, and to figure out what visible change looks like for the majority, whether they're members or not of our profession, and understand that as a membership-driven organization, you really do have to serve your members, but you also have to be a reason people want to be a member of this organization, and I think that is it it it's it's not easy, and it's something you have to really work and and listen to find out what that is. I think you're right, listening. It boils down to listening, um, but listening to all sides.
0: Yeah, and, and again, viewfinders. The first rule of public service is service. <laughs> And then public because, you know, honestly, you are there to serve all of these people with vast um, needs and different opinions and so forth. But like Becky said, you got to be civil. You got to be respectful that we have entered an era and you and I, we've talked about this on the podcast now, really since 2016. And, uh, and that is we've entered this era of anger and people seem to think that the way you get your point across is by yelling louder than the other person. And that's just that yeah. just couldn't be less conducive to change than ever. Becky, one other quick thing, though, I want to point out is the fact that if you're not engaged, if you're not a member, if you're, as you mentioned, not at the dance, you know, you you have to realize that you're especially from a NAFTA perspective, the vet techs of the, of the United States, you guys are a lot of decisions are being made without you ever having any input, which is something we've brought appear countless times, and that means that state medical boards, which don't have a vet tech, for example, are actually determining what your duties and responsibilities and legal obligations are, right? And so I think that this is where people like Becky are important to leadership, because I I know Becky, you feel strongly about this that you know again, it's not the American Veterinary Medical Association, it's the American Veterinarian and yet so mm-hmm. many of the AVMA rules, regulations, dictums or whatever, you know, and again, they're not a uh, they don't enforce any laws. <laughs> they just give advice, but they do have impact, right, on how vet techs work and operate in the United States. It's a, it's a big it, deal.
1: It is, and and I'll tell you this too, the one of the biggest cycles I see and have seen working with NAFTA in the past and, and, and many organizations is people want change, but you can't make change without numbers. Like, like when you, mm-hmm. when you have such a tiny fraction of participation of the organization, people don't take you seriously. And so if you want the, your national organization and your representing voice to be your voice, you have to be a number to for them to show they have voices in force. But when We'd show up in a room as veterinary professionals and say, well, there's this many in the country, but there's this much participating and participating um, and being active in their in their organizations and state organizations or national. It is really hard to be taken seriously.
0: And Becky, one final thing, too, I want to make sure that the viewfinders understand, especially specific to what your race for president of NAFTA is the fact that this is a long process, like the decisions, the results of the elections this year carry impact for what six years into the future so maybe explain to the viewfinders out there that the vet techs that hopefully will be voting in this uh election explain to them why it's so important that i mean if you want to make change in years into the future you've got to act today
1: oh yeah i mean i, I think it's a, one thing i've been thinking about is like people are like okay becky i'll give you a chance and i'm like okay but i also understand it'll be two years before i'm in that seat now i will be a voice from day one um and I will hopefully be able to support NAFTA and the profession from day one the best that I can. But I, I it takes it's gonna take a while. And I, I just want to say this. I've been married to my husband for 12 years. So I'm signing up for a six year commitment. And I think to myself, that's half right. of, of what I've been married. Right. I am really, really so, so committed again, to this.
0: I know. So give that outline. There's two years. So so let's say you win the election this time. Uh, and make sure we want to make sure that we tell everybody when that election is. But it's two years president elect before you actually get in the seat. Is that correct?
1: That's right. So you serve under the new bylaws, it's two years as president elect to serve two years as president, which would then put you as two years as immediate past president. And I think this is a cool opportunity to make real change. Again, I think it's hard to get people involved. And so having people in these seats longer, give them an opportunity to be more educated and experienced in what they're doing by the time they get in a seat to make decisions and to make change and to um, fulfill the past responsibilities. So I love the opportunity to really learn what's going on and be embedded in the culture and in um, and, and what's going on before you're then serving as president to speak for and move these things forward. Um, and then the longevity as past president to to make sure that that kind of adherence in, in voices, like, yes, this is what's been going on, is really important. Um, but we also have to be able to find ways to get new voices on board while we've got the longevity of experience.
0: Right. And again, viewfinders, this is really important because these terms now have been extended to 2 years and that means that whoever you guys elect as your president now the president elect that's going to be a 2 year period that they're going to have quite a bit of power over the profession and so becky this would be 25 i guess it would be they would become active and so this means you know you've really got to think carefully i think becky i would i would argue and uh, the sound risk of sounding hyperbolic here this may be one of the most important impactful Elections of in NAFTA's history because everything has changed. This is an extended duration of the office. I mean, Becky, this was a big one to me.
1: It feels really important. Um, it in and it feels like we've gotten a lot more people's attention into what's going on with NAFTA. And I guess it, I don't feel like it was maybe the p- most positive way, but it's I think really important. And what's going to happen going forward is really important because people are watching their professional organization. And I think they're finding more cause to join and be involved and feeling like there is the most opportunity to have our voices represented. Things are changing for technicians. Laws are being made. Our, our profession is constantly on the table in legislative issues. So it is now essential that our professional organizations be involved and be communicating. And, and therefore, the individuals that make up that profession have to be more aware and involved than ever.
0: Yeah. So Becky, tell us, uh, how does the election cycle work this time? Like what, what's happening?
1: Well, so emails are out in, and by the, according to the bylaws, if you were not a member when the bylaws went out, you will not have an opportunity to vote. So basically if you were, are not already a member, you will not be able to vote in this election. But if you are a current NAVDA member, you would have gotten an email with the direct link to vote. Um, the positions that are up this year are for president Um Treasurer ended up uncontested, and so that seat will remain filled with the current treasurer, which is Harold Davis. Um, and then there's several people running for the member-at-large or board of director-at-large type position. So um, please read their backgrounds, learn more about them. Everything is in the links in the email. Um, I do feel like NAFTA did try to put out the information about the individuals so you could read about their background read about what they're um, interested in. I've had a couple of people ask me directly about my educational background and um, things like that. I've been happy to be real transparent about it. Um, If you've got a question, you know, come to me, ask me, it's no problem, but just please be nice.
0: Right. And Becky, when does the election, when's it over?
1: Oh yeah. So it's at the, uh, the end of the month they've got until, um, I believe the end of the December to get their votes in and then, um, the official turnover is is at the um annual meeting which there is a um open meeting on January 24th i believe so folks can go to the nafta website to see more about that that is sort of a an, an annual sort of st- like a, it's it's the annual meeting sort of state of the uh, profession and where we're at and i think it'll it, i think it'll be well attended this year um so yeah so so make sure you're getting involved and checking it out everything is on their website so Again, the information is out there. And if you do have questions, honestly, in my experience, their executive director, Phil, has been really um, responsive to any emails I've ever sent. Um, so if you've got questions, they're responsive. Reach out. They're, they're human beings. Again, just be nice. Ask the questions.
0: Yeah. And, and again, viewfinders, I can't. Say enough good things about Becky. I think you guys are lucky that she is willing to give up so much because Becky, this is a lot of work, as you know, uh, all too well, and and to to really try to push the profession forward. And I say this as a veterinarian because I believe that the efforts of people like Becky are actually improving my side of the profession, the veterinary professional, because I think it's so important to have voices who quite frankly, you demand a lot from veterinarians. You demand a lot of respect. You demand a lot of responsibility. uh, And you demand a lot of of your own profession. So I think it's really important that we start to get people who are willing to push a little harder and maybe demand a little more. And and I I just don't, I can't imagine a better candidate. Becky, again, when you first, you know, sort of were floating this around, I was kind of like, wow, Becky, you know, it's a lot of work, but you know, you are one of those people that somehow seems to have an infinite reservoir of energy, ideas, excitement, enthusiasm, but there's one through line, all of that. The main thing that you're passionate about in your life is the veterinary technician profession. And so again, I I just, I wish you the best.
1: You've never made me cry before. <laughs> and guys if you I know, oh gosh well
0: you're just an amazing individual and guys I will tell you if you didn't check it out uh, in today's veterinary practice Uh, there was a profile of Becky recently just about her amazing career and education, her efforts. Uh, It's just, it's just, it was a really well done piece, Becky. Again, uh, if you haven't seen that, we can always include show notes and the the link in the show notes, but Becky, that was a wonderful profile. Congratulations. Well, I
1: was, uh, um, I believe recommended by you. So I appreciate the, all the support that comes from you. It takes, it it, it takes us both really like right pushing both sides and um, you know, you including the technician voice has always been an important part of our our role in, and the fact of the matter is is i really do i love my profession and the people who make it up and i really only want better for them and uh i have it i have it really good and i'm in a position where i can do everything i can to make their voices heard when they kind of feel like they can't because it can be a really tough space out there and um you can get yourself in trouble and blacklisted and and it can be hard to move forward and i I want to eliminate barriers for my profession. And so I'm always grateful for that opportunity.
0: Well, you are. Well, Viewfinders, what do you think about this uh, membership-led organizations? Do you think your voice is being heard, whether it's NAVTA, AVMA, or whatever? We'd really like to hear you. And more importantly, make sure you vote for NAVTA. No matter whom you vote for on that ticket, just make sure that you participate. Because without your participation, nothing changes. Becky, where can they reach out to us if they want to say, hey, way to go, Becky? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I would love to hear from your, your very nice, considerate, respectful comments over on Facebook at veterinary viewfinder and Instagram there too. You um, we're <laughs> cannot find us on Twitter right now. Nope. We are not even towing that line. Nope. So instead send us an email at veterinaryviewfinder.com.
0: That's right, guys. Again, make sure you vote. It's due by the end of the month NAFTA members. Thank you guys so much. Hope you guys are enjoying your holidays and hope it's not too busy right just yet. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I loved it. It was great. You made
1: me cry.
0: <laughs> That's my job.